Happy holidays, everybody. I'm Jason Perlow, and this is my colleague, Jason Cipriani, and we're here to talk about the tech CEOs that are getting called for Christmas. Oh man, we have some good ones too. They, they definitely have earned, there are some CEOs this year that have earned coal. They've not just been bad, they've been, I guess you would say naughty, Jason? Yeah, extremely naughty, badly behaving. And as we know, when you behave bad, you get coal for Christmas. All right, so, so I mean, why don't we just get it right off the bat. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO like, of Facebook. Yeah, he shouldn't even make a, a Christmas list like at all. For the past, what, five years, he probably has gotten coal. He's definitely getting extra scoops of coal this year. Uh, you, let's just look at Facebook as He's a whole. He's getting his own mine. He's getting his own coal mountain this year. <laughs> he is getting the mountain, yeah. I hope he, you know, enjoys it. Facebook has had a rough few years. You know, there was the Cambridge Analytica stuff of last year. This year, he has stood on stage in front of us told us privacy matters, the future is private, Facebook cares about privacy. Yet, time and time again, repeatedly, Facebook has proven in their actions, not their words, privacy means very little to the company, and thus, Mark Zuckerberg. And then you add in the fact that we have an election year coming up. In the last few months, we've seen political ads become a hot topic for social networks. And what's Facebook's stance on political ads? They don't fact check them. Anybody no. could buy a political ad, that has a false, blatant lie in it, and Facebook thinks it's up to the reader to determine whether or not it is a proper ad. That, I can't wrap my head around it. I've tried, I just don't understand it. What, what do you think, Jason? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, they do this, this thing with, uh, with the fake news verification or fake news reports on news sources, right? So, uh, you know, if you click the little I button, you can see if there have been any reports of fake news by the outlet producing the content. So I'm surprised that they don't do this for political ads. Um, I it think would that, only make sense. Yeah, I think that, that the first time that there's going to be a major, an ad with a major lie in it and, and, and it backfires on them, they're going to end up having to, to put something up like that. Well, but they've I, had them. They've already had them. I think Elizabeth Warren took it out in an ad right after they announced what this policy was that was completely false. I think it was about right. Mitch McConnell or maybe even President Trump. And, and it was a flat out lie and Facebook refused to pull the ad down. And so she proved her point. It, it just, I don't, this is profits over everything else. That's all this yeah, is. You know what, I mean, we, we were Twitter's on our list this year as well, but at least they decided to, to pull political ads entirely from their platform. You yeah, know? they're not going to allow them. But you're right, Jack Dorsey, you're getting coal this year. And he is getting coal, and it's not because of political ads, it's because of Nazis. Yeah, bullying, harassment, and just the proliferation of, yeah, nationalists, all that stuff on his platform that he uh, has let out crazies allowing to take control of his platform. Yeah, in the argument of free speech, which, you know, fortunately, I'm lucky enough, I have not been a target of any online harassment, especially on Twitter. Uh, but I know people who have and it's been devastating. And I've gotten my share, for and, sure. Well, I mean, I get a few random messages, but not to the extreme that I've seen other people. And Twitter you report a tweet where someone is threatening you and your family and, oh, this doesn't violate our terms. And that's specifically what we're talking about here. They fail to draw hard lines in the sand to say what is and isn't allowed on the platform. 
And I guess we could kind of extend that on to their policy for world leaders as well, who are allowed to make very empty or very vague threats, but still threats nonetheless, without you know any any sort of repercussion. And if I had any advice to Twitter and Mr. Dorsey, it would be have a spine. Let's get the stuff off the platform and and you know make it a safer, healthier place for everyone to interact. It's just it hasn't been good for for Twitter for the last couple of years. Yeah, the only the only thing is that you know it's one thing to to kick off people with a couple dozen followers, but if you start kicking off people with sixty seven million followers, you know that that has an impact to their to their bottom line. Um, so I mean they they have to think about you know is it in their interest to uh, to be good and to get these jerks off their platform and, and lose some money in the process initially for the, you know, or you know, for the long term, have a healthy platform. So um, I, I hope at some point, you know, Jack comes to his senses, but you know, in, the mean, in the meantime, he's getting his own mountain of coal this year as well. <laughs> oh, so he's upgraded to a mountain. Him and Zuckerberg definitely have earned mountains. Now the next one on our list, I'm not sure he earns a mountain, but it's starting to pile up. And that is Alphabet CEO, newly, titled Alphabet CEO, Sundar Pakai. And that is, he just recently got a promotion. He was Google CEO yep. for the last few years. He has now taken over Alphabet, which oversees Google. What's been going on with Google and, and uh, under his watch? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Google got um, the number one position in our tech turkeys this year did. Um, for a lot of different reasons. Now, for, now forget the, the, the smartphone snafus with the Pixel 4, you know, that's, that's high, either here or there. It's a, tiny, it's a tiny market share for them regardless. The real issue with Google is privacy. Um, it, especially, you know, when they announced that Project Nightingale thing, uh, about how they're hoovering tens of millions of records from a, a hospital network that they're in partnership with, with not even notifying the patients that they're doing right. it, is absolutely the capital E in evil. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened to Don't Be Evil. They got rid of it out of their corporate, you know. Oh, yeah, they, they removed it. They, they realized where they were headed and they took it out. Yeah, they got rid of it. Um, and, and now, look, they're, they're spending over $2 billion, almost $3 billion, on uh, Fitbit, which has got, I don't know how many millions of users. And I, I, I would be generally worried if I was a Fitbit user that Google now how has stewardship of this data. Who knows what they're going to do with it, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, for me personally, I think putting Sundar on the list was more about how Google has responded to employee pushback on some of these projects. You know, they've worked with the Department of Defense on some stuff. Um, and more recently, I think just last week, they made the news for firing a, uh, an engineer for letting people know that they're allowed to unionize and, and yep. letting employees know just by creating a Chrome extension and pushing an alert. You know, look, if, you're not, if your original ethos was to not be evil or don't be evil and you removed it, there's some serious issues there, but you're continuing down the path proving that you truly meant to remove it and, and it's not a good look for anyone. And like you said, the, the whole health data alone is scary. Like the last company I want to have my health data is Facebook, but the next one is Google. I just don't want them to have all my health records. So it's a well-deserved, well-earned stack of coal for Sundar, but uh, hopefully it stops there. And next year we don't have them on the list with a mountain like Dorsey and Zuckerberg. Yeah, I mean, Google's such a huge player. They got their hands on so many things, especially IoT. They broke IoT, their own bright, they broke their works with Nest stuff this year. And 
it was a mess. But the real IoT failure, in my opinion, this year was Ring CEO Jamie Siminoff. Um, yeah. That thing with the, with the police department, that is, I mean, that's well, ridiculous. Forget the police department. That's, I, look, Ring has been in the news probably every week, negatively in the news, probably every week of 2019. This has been a horrible year PR-wise for Ring. And they've earned every inch of coverage for it. So it was revealed. I think our sister site CNET is the one who broke the story the first time that Ring was working with police departments around the country to provide footage from doorbell cameras, the, the floodlight cameras and everything else to the police departments to help them track down thieves. Just this last week, uh, it was discovered there was a ring, no pun intended, of hackers who were using credentials that from previous breaches to access Ring users' cameras and then talk to scare little people. There was an eight-year-old girl in her bedroom where parents had just installed a new camera that was playing with her toys and then all of a sudden a random stranger starts talking to her. Now, reusing credentials, that's its own problem. Yeah. There's stuff Ring could do in the interim to prevent that, right? They know what, what's leaked in these breaches. They can run that database against their database and see whose passwords have likely been compromised. They could force users to use two-factor authentication. There's plenty of steps they could take to make their platform more secure. In addition to quit working with police departments, quit like, or be more transparent about exactly what's going on because every step of the way they've denied it. Or if you want, or if you want police departments to have access to your data, they should be opt in or opt out. If you don't want to be able to have them have access to that. You know, when these stories first started coming out, it was kind of wishy-washy whether it was opt in or not. And the more that comes out, the more reporters are able to dig and, and uncover it. It kind of feels like maybe it's not fully opt out anymore. It's uh. Yeah. or opt in it's you have to opt out so who's next on our list well um i, I have to you know maybe not necessarily uh, a ceo um but he is a very important figure um in um the free software i don't want to say open source because he gets angry if you use the word open source but yes the general the gpl license which is the basis of linux android and, and a lot of other things um, also, the, the GNU toolkits that are the basis of Linux and everything, and, and every major modern operating system that we use for software development and all that stuff right. in the cloud, Richard M. Stallman. Um, you know, always was a kind of an odd guy to begin with, um, but his defense of um, Epstein uh, was absolutely abysmal and did force him to resign. You know, the, 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 the backlash from him doing that. Um, forced him to resign from the Free Software Foundation. Um, I do believe he's still in charge of the GNU project, software development project itself, um, but the guy had to re resign in disgrace. Um, I don't think yeah. anybody can possibly defend his actions, no, no matter what you feel about open source and his contributions uh, to those things. Yeah, it, I agree. I, you know, when you, you offered to put him on the list, I admittedly had no clue who it was. So in doing my research and reading some interviews he had done that led up to him um, having to step down, I, I was pretty appalled by some of the things he said as far as minors and explicit photos go and all that it shocked stuff. the hell out of me. I mean, I just, yeah, definitely there's, there's some coal and, you know, there's no place for that at all. And uh, it's, yeah, I'll just leave. No, it, 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 it's it's we, we should take that as an example that that none of that is acceptable in any industry, let alone the tech industry. Agreed, hundred um, percent. 
far less a, a uh, an egregious thing, but still, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed at him. Um, Tim Apple. Yeah, Tim uh, Apple, you're getting some coal. Tim Apple is getting some very serious coal for his toadying performance in front of the President of the United States and his tour of the quote-unquote new uh, Mac Pro factory right. uh, in Texas. That was just, there was no need for that whatsoever. So Apple CEO Tim Cook was called Tim Apple by President Trump at one point. I don't remember if it was in an interview or on Twitter. So Tim Apple has become his, his new name. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, the Mac Pro started shipping. This is a huge computer that many in the- He's greater. Uh, yeah, it, many in the video, you know, editing industry have been waiting yeah. for. Began shipping here in the US, actually across the world, but in the US specifically, it is built in a factory in Austin, Texas. Well, President Trump took a tour of that factory alongside Tim Cook, and then at the end held a press conference where President Trump declared that factory was just newly opened and was producing the Mac Pros. The truth is, that factory has been in existence since what, 2013? Yeah. Somewhere in there. It's not owned by Apple, it's ran by a contract manufacturer and has nothing to do with President Trump, his policies, or any of the trade war tariff stuff, which is what this all comes down to. You know, Tim Cook, Apple as a whole, did not issue a correction at all. Not even after the press event occurred, there wasn't a press release coming out saying, hey, actually, just so you know, this factory wasn't brand new. We didn't do anything today that was as great as it was played off. Uh, you know, but I think it was trying to get Trump on their side to work yep. with them on the tariff relief for the iPhone, which I think two weeks later was set to go up $115 yeah, per Apple iPhone. One of the biggest, biggest companies to pay tariffs based yeah. on, on, you know, their, their supply chain in China. So it, it you know, it, it's, it's really pandering uh, to him, which, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's an embarrassment for Apple. It's an embarrassment for Tim Cook. It should have never happened. And, but unfortunately that's a political climate we're in and it squarely deserve earns Tim yep. Cook some coal. He wasn't going to be on the list until that happened. Let's just be blunt. Sure. Um, so any other last minute, we only have a couple minutes left, last minute additions to this? Yeah, we do. Um, I wasn't very happy with uh, Dara Kozarush, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, the CEO of Uber, right, who took over okay. from Travis Kalanick, who, who got, you know, coal in the years uh, past, um, has, uh, they, they were, you know, there was a couple of thousand counts of sexual harassment that was reported uh, on their, on their, on their service in the last two years, I think it was 6,000 oh, yeah. counts. They were at least transparent about that. And hopefully they're going to do something about it. Sure. Uh, but the real, the real thing that, that, that bugs me is that the company has been forcing uh, their drivers to sign, uh, essentially uh, s sign, sign releases to say that they're contractors, not permanent employees, which affects their tax statuses and other things, uh, which is quite negatively. I mean, I, I see these Uber guys, they work their butts off. They work, I don't know, 12, 14 hours a day. And they don't make much money. No, they do not. You know, For as much as they work and as hard as they work, they don't make a lot of money. So taking away their permanent employee status is a huge deal because that affords them protections and benefits and everything else. And taking that yes. away with as hard as they're working is a huge disservice to anyone that is driving one of those cars. 
Yeah, it it, it stinks, and and uh, you know they've uh, they've been in litigation with it. Um, speaking of litigation, uh, Elon Musk. Now he may have pr- so so Elon Musk, as you know, um, had a uh, kind of a, a Twitter feud with a British diver um, and called him uh, a pedo guy, which he yeah. uh, it's you know insinuating that he likes to get too close to children. Right. Regardless. It was the wrong thing to do. Okay, yeah, this was part of the Thailand cave diver rescue thing, right? Yeah, that was the the thing rescue in the caves or something like that. Regardless, he called the guy a, a, a essentially a, a pedophile or a pedo guy, which is short for, for for pedophile. On Twitter, on Twitter, you got ten. I don't know how many followers Elon Musk has, but he's worth billions and billions of dollars. He's got I don't know tens of millions of followers and fans. Um, to basically just say this to some some blue, poor blue collar guy out there, you know, and they call him a, a pedophile. That can actually, you, know, you can totally ruin somebody's life. Sure. Now the court uh, ruled in in his favor and said that you know it's it's whatever that phrase that he pedo guy the phrase that he used is is a common whatever it's it, it's 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 become it's it's its power has been reduced because of its usage. Regardless, this is not how a tech CEO. Uh, somebody who's 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 worth that kind of money uh, and has that kind of influence should be using against other people, you right. know. Yeah. So um, I mean, I mean, it, it sets a terrible precedent now that you know rich people with money can just go ahead and abuse people on Twitter. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, there was there was a back and forth between the two of them, and I think what the jury and the courts ended up finding was that because the diver called out Musk on national international television. Musk was just responding and it was two grown adults having a back and forth. I get that argument, but I agree with you. Calling someone a pedophile on Twitter with 20, 30 million followers, whatever it is, sets a bad precedent. And yes, the, the lawsuit, he, Musk was, was sued and the lawsuit was dropped. The jury found in Musk's favor. Um, that may be fine and well, but let's, let's act with a little bit more tact you know, maybe think twice before hitting sin on a tweet. If you're that influential of a person, he definitely deserves a lump of coal uh, for yeah. what happened. So I think that's a good place to stop. Hopefully the list is a little bit shorter next year and we don't have any repeats like Zuckerberg. Why don't, why don't you get off the list this year or next year? Let's, let's make that happen. For Jason Perlow, I'm Jason Cipriani. This is Jason Squared. Make sure to check us out at ZDNet.com.